0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Grounded with Pastor Matt Round. This is episode five, and today we are going to be answering the question, how do I know if I'm saved? This is a question that is very difficult for many Christians, and it latches on, and it doesn't let go, and it leeches you. Um, Today, we are going to get to the core and unpeel that onion with Pastor Matt Round. Hi, Pastor Matt. Hey, Noah. Um. I'm not sure that there are too many Christians who at one point or another in their life, in their walk, have not asked this question. Uh, There are some believers who ask this question on a regular basis, and um, it's important— to ask because the answer to the question of course matters throughout eternity the answer to this question is really the only one that matters in our whole life am i a christian or not if eternity hinges on the answer then there is no more important question but there's also the sense where uh, our confidence can be so shaken our questioning can be so continuous that it robs us not only of confidence and joy and peace but it robs us of the ability to be effective in doing the work that Christ has called us to do. If I'm constantly wondering whether or not I am one of Christ's people, then not only is there no motivation to work out Christ's calling in my life, but there's no spiritual resource left to do that in because we do that in his strength and not ours. So it's a great question. How do I know if I'm saved? And, uh, Some parts of the answer are easy and logical. Some parts are more difficult because they don't just have a one-to-one if this, then that, but uh, it doesn't have to be something that we struggle with. I guess that's maybe the the underlying thing that I want to hit now and get at the very end is this is not something that the believer has to continue to wrestle with. There's no sense where we are called to live a life of uh, questioning and uncertainty when it comes to our salvation. So. Uh, I'm going to give you some things that would indicate that you are saved. I'm going to give you some things that you can think through, ways that you can evaluate whether you are saved, and potentially ways that you can evaluate uh, and maybe confront what is making you consistently question that. So the first thing when we ask, how do I know that I'm saved? Uh, the first question is, do you understand and believe the right things? Um Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. There is no just natural stumbling into faith. There's no natural stumbling into salvation, no accidental salvation. Uh, When you ask the question, am I saved? Have you placed your faith in the right things? And we place our faith in all kinds of wrong things. If my faith is placed in myself, then it is completely off base. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no man can boast. If I am approaching my salvation with any understanding that it has anything to do with me or my efforts or my work or my self-improvement or my fill in the blank with whatever then your salvation has already started off in the wrong place. And you can probably answer fairly confidently that the answer is no. If any part of my salvation rests in me, the answer is no. And then beyond that, do we have the right object of our salvation? Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You have to have your belief placed in the right object. If I am not sufficient to save me, If my efforts aren't enough to save me, my intellect, my actions, my giving, my reading, my, again, whatever you want to fill in that blank with, if that's not enough to save me, then I have to actually actively place my faith in the right object of my faith. And that is Jesus Christ, his completed work on the cross, that gospel. We talk about the gospel. We use that a lot. But the gospel essentially says that there is a God who created and ordered all things. And that God, by his divine nature, Owns all of creation and sets the standard for his creation. And you and I, being made in the image of God, have fallen short of that standard. God said, Be holy, and we are not. Sin separates us from the God who made us. And that's where it comes into the fact that there is nothing that I can do to bridge that gap of separation. There's nothing I can do to heal that void, to restore that relationship, to fix what my sin broke. But God, in his mercy, stepped in to make a way when there should not have been a way. He sent his only son. Jesus Christ, he lived the perfect life. He died the death that I deserved. The wrath of God for my sin was poured out on him. And like we said in the last podcast, we take on his righteousness. And that same Christ who was dead and buried was raised again on the Thursday third day and his resurrection uh, guarantees our resurrection he is the first fruits he is the down payment and the guarantee that because he lives I will live and we can live forever in eternity with him he is coming again to rule to reign And to have eternal fellowship with his people. So uh, that gospel message that includes everything from the nature of God to the sinfulness of men, to the remedy in Jesus Christ, to the eternal hope that's present in that, that gospel message has to be the object of my saving faith. So we take that and we say, do I believe and trust and have placed my hope in the right things? That's different than saying, do I know the right things? because I can be in the church for a long time and not be saved. I can give every answer on the Bible knowledge quiz and not be saved. I can be very familiar with the details of the Bible without having any relationship with the God who is the source of the Bible. So the first question to ask, am I saved? How do I know that I'm saved? Is have I ever gone to the place where it is not simply a list of facts that I agree to, but is it truth that I have submitted and surrendered to? And that kind of leads to the second thing is how do I know that I'm saved? One of the ways that you know that you are saved is through obedience, not perfect obedience. But a desire and a growing production of obedience in our lives, Um Last week, we referenced Matthew and uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And later on, we talked about Matthew 5 last week, but later on in Matthew chapter 7 and uh, beginning in verse, let's see, where do I want to go here? Matthew 7, verse 15. Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Beware of people who say things about God and appear to be one thing, but are in reality another. And then he says this in verse 16, You will recognize them by their fruits, Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. How do I know that I'm saved? One of the ways that you can evaluate that is you can look and see what kind of fruit is your life producing. Take an honest, forensic look at your last day, your last week, and work through... What your life is actually producing. Because as James says, faith without works is dead. Not that we work for our faith. Ephesians 2 8 and 9 made that very clear. It's by grace that we're saved through faith, and that it's not of ourselves. It's not a work, so that we cannot boast in it. But that faith, that inward transformation that the gospel brings does not leave us where it found us. It doesn't leave us without any kind of demonstrable change in our lives. It shows us, the way to act. And then the Holy spirit empowers us and enables us to act in a way that honors God. And when it comes to dealing with Christians and talking with Christians and counseling Christians, um, as a pastor, that's one of the things that I'm privileged and honored and love doing. And that's talking with people through their struggles. When this question is asked and it is asked a lot, how do I know that I'm saved? The most common root of that question is sin that has not been dealt with in the life of a believer. Continual disobedience makes it very, very difficult to have any kind of security in our salvation. And God has designed and built our salvation to be something that we're secure in. When John wrote to the church in 1 John chapter 5, he said, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. He wrote this whole letter so that these people would have confidence in their salvation. And that is a good thing. When I have confidence in my salvation, it impacts the way that I do everything in my life. It is a transforming reality when I have the confidence that I'm saved. But how do we know that we're saved? Well, John also addresses that in 1 John chapter 2. He says, and by this we know that we have come to know him. So I write all these things so that you might know that you're saved. But in 1 John chapter 2, he says, and this is how we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. How do I know that I'm saved? The fruit of my life bears out that reality. And 1 John is a great book to read if you are struggling with uh, the certainty of your salvation. It's very clear. It's very short. It's very clear and it's very helpful. He writes so that they know and he says, this is how you know. If you act like a child of the light rather than a child of the darkness. And he puts it in such practical terms over and over. What that comes out looking like, at least in 1 John, is do you love other people? When it comes to how you interact with the world around you, more specifically, when it comes to brothers and sisters in Christ, how do you respond to them? So how do I know if I'm saved? Do I believe the right thing? Do I have the right object and means of salvation? Second, am I actually living it out? Is there any kind of real change in my life that would point to a gospel conversion? And then the third thing is a little bit more subjective, and that is the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave us in a constant state of wondering. And uh, really to see that, we go back to Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 12, Paul says this. He says, So then, brothers, we're debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But by the Spirit, if you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So he goes back to that obedience thing, putting to death the deeds of the body and living in the Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So Paul actually wraps all that up in obedience. If you're living by the Spirit, you're going to produce the things that the Spirit produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, according to Galatians 5. Obedience broadly here in Romans 8. But he says this same Spirit, in verse 16, Bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also might be glorified with him. The spirit does an inward testimony that we are saved, and this is not uh, an ignoring of our sin. The spirit brings to mind our sin. The spirit convicts us of our sin. Jesus said that in the upper room as he was preparing his disciples for his death. He said, the spirit's going to call truth to mind. The spirit is going to convict the world of sin. That is one of the things that he does. So this isn't ignoring our sin, but the spirit speaks to those who belong to Christ and reminds them that they are sealed, that they are guaranteed of their inheritance. That's why also in Romans chapter eight, he says, the spirit intercedes on your behalf when you don't even know how to pray. And we've all come to that place. You're so tired, you're so overwhelmed, you're so broken by the situation that you don't even have the words to pray. God says, I know your limits and your weakness, and the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. He speaks for us. How do I know that I'm saved beyond believing the right thing, beyond responding the right way? It's the Spirit does bring that confirmation and that peace, and that's a work that only the Spirit can do. And I think maybe... The final thing is, do we have a desire to continue to grow? Those who are saved recognize that they are not there yet. Even Paul says that when he writes to the Philippians. I, I don't consider myself that I have obtained this, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward, I do all of this. I move forward so that I can receive that upward calling and that resurrection power and that eternal life with Christ. Paul, Paul has this desire, even Paul has this desire to, To move forward to be more like Christ. To continue moving in that salvation sanctification, that becoming more like Christ process. Uh, So if you are at a place of holy discontent, not dissatisfaction, uh, not restlessness, but a place where you are not content with your spiritual maturity, that is often a very good indication that you belong to Christ because Jesus has promised to do what he said he would do, and that's to finish what he started. Paul writes that to the Philippians in Philippians 1: The one who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Romans chapter 8, where we were before, says that God works all things together for good for those who love him, and we know that. But the good that he's called us to is there in Romans 8:29, and says he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. He has made us and guaranteed that the outcome of our faith is that we are made like Christ. We're not there yet. Uh, We doubt our salvation for all kinds of reasons. Somebody always knows more than we do, and so we feel inadequate. Our sin is real and right in front of us a lot of times, and so we doubt. Um, And those things make sense. But God has given us the means of being secure in our salvation if we have the right object of our faith, not ourselves, but in the finished work of Christ, if we have our lives producing good fruit, not good things that we can do, but actually producing things that only God can produce, love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in times when we could not do those things on our own. That's a great indication that we're saved. If we have a growing love for God's people, If we have a continuing desire to be more like Christ, then we should be assured and convinced and encouraged by the fact that we belong to God and that he won't leave us how he found us. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for that excellent answer. Um, Tune in next week to hear episode six's question. We'll see you then.